Hey guys, welcome to the Cannabis Update Podcast. We give leaders and organizations an opportunity to tell their stories and share information. Hey, do you have a business in the cannabis space? Well, I have a podcast with an ever-growing number of subscribers. You see where I'm going with this? Sponsor this podcast and reach my listeners. It's an inexpensive and effective way to brand your business. Reach out to me at michael at distinctmedia.ca and let's talk about how I can help you reach more people. Hey guys, so I was strolling around the Cannabis and Hemp Expo in Calgary earlier this year and I bumped into a guy named Russell D from the Potleaf News. They're a free local newspaper that talks about everything cannabis. If you listen to the podcast, you already know that I like anything that has to do with cannabis and media, so I asked Russell for an interview. He came with his business partner, Sean, and we talked about their business model, some of the challenges they face, and of course, got some of their perspective on weed and legalization. It's definitely a laid back and perfect chat as we head into the weekend. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Russell and Sean. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us. You're welcome. Thanks for coming over to my house in Airdrie. So apparently Sean and I are neighbors. He lives about, what, uh, five, six blocks from me? Yes. <laughs> in the wonderful city of Airdrie, Alberta. Um, well, okay, start off real quick before we jump into your business. Um, tell me who you guys are. Uh, we're just a couple of guys. Uh, we're a couple of squirrels trying to get a nut on this crazy planet. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That's probably, that's a good analogy. And how about you? Yeah, uh, Russell came up, uh, showed me this idea, uh, Potleaf News, and I was able to see the value in what it is and the direction it is going. And uh, it's been a great ride so far. And and uh, thanks for having us, and we'll be happy to talk about it. Cool, man. Um, I always start off with the hardest question of the podcast. You guys ready for this? You got to tell me something about yourselves that has nothing to do with your business or with cannabis. I love all creatures. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Sean? <laughs> We're starting off good. I love long walks on the beach, holding hands and frolicking through fields. And... That's romantic. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're off to a good start. He all prefers right. to frolic with humans, not animals. Yeah, fair. But you love all creatures. Exactly. Right? Now we're good. All right. What's the Potleaf News? And that's what we're here to do. That's your business. Uh, what, what exactly is Potleaf News? Uh, it's a cannabis educational publication that we launched. Um, you know, when uh, quote-unquote legalization um, was upon us, we realized that for generations we've been lied to and misled about this uh, unbelievable plant. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a, it's a healing plant. It's, it's here for medicine, and yeah, it can get you high, and everybody seems concerned by that. And I ask, you know, why is everybody afraid to be happy for half an hour? Yeah. Is your life, you know, that amazing that... You don't need that extra half an hour of euphoria. You know, it's not, it's unlike uh, alcohol, it's unlike other so called drugs, it's a plant. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, getting back to the to the topic here, yeah. uh, we just recognize that people don't know anything about cannabis. They know the opposite of the truth, and yeah. you know that was quite possibly by design. And we just saw a need for cannabis education. So our newspaper's free. It's weekly. Um, there's no strings attached for any of the businesses that carry it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that everybody's talking about cannabis and wants education and wants knowledge and information, and not you know just funny little quirky things about it they, yeah. they want to actually know about the plant. real content yeah the yeah. healing benefits of it we sort of you know filled a niche that we weren't even aware existed we just thought we had a cool idea at first yeah well you know growing up in 
that was for me in Winnipeg. Uh, I remember there was something called the Coffee News. It was similar in nature. It even had a kind of a similar layout. Um, was that an inspiration for you in terms of design or the idea? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. Um, I mean, we wanted to keep it simple. Uh, so a one-page publication was mm-hmm. was perfect for what we were going for. Okay. Uh, and I had... Um uh, an issue you gave me back at the Cannabis and Hemp Expo a while back, and that's actually where we met. And uh, I was mentioning to you guys before we started recording that uh, this is available in my barber shop here in town. Right. And I sit down and I read it. And you guys said that uh, quite a few of them go through that shop in particular. Yeah, no, um, that's the Main Street Barber. Main Street Barber, baby. Yeah. That's right. Um, and I didn't read the one that you brought today. I guess I read last week's. Uh, mm-hmm. This one on the front cover, to, to give an example of the information that you guys offer, this is a terpene encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. Is that right yeah that's so right. where do you guys get your content from uh we pull it from various sources we've got a couple of people at head office that do all the research for for the content okay. um when we started out we had a couple of cannabis writers on vancouver island do up a uh, hundred uh issues each for us really uh so we had lots to choose from so now our our in-house writers take that content take whatever is pertinent to you know the topic of the moment or the topic of the day yeah. and uh that's sort of how we dictate what content goes in each week. So what's your business structure then? Because you mentioned Vancouver Island. Um, where is this located? I, I was under the assumption it was Alberta-based. Uh, well, our head office is in Vancouver Island. Okay. Uh, the uh, the main, uh, the the brains behind this whole idea in the first place, uh, his name is James Whitehead. Okay. Uh, he's from Victoria. Um, and so that's where our head office is. We're a community publication um, nationwide. Uh, we've sold franchises. Uh, we've sold the downtown Victoria franchise and we've recently sold the downtown Halifax franchise, so we absolutely are truly nationwide at this point. Okay, now I saw uh, something you had sent me earlier. Um, the Airdrie franchise is actually for sale, is that right? Yeah, So this right. is operated yeah. like a franchise business. You can you can own certain areas, certain cities, that sort of thing, and operate the, the paper that way. Yeah, exactly. So we, we've built up the Airdrie franchise, Sean and I. We've mm-hmm. got uh, about 100 stores now in, uh, in the city giving out the paper to their customers every week, mm-hmm. and uh, so far the feedback from the from the people in Airdrie has been unbelievable. I mean, it it, it it makes sense. I mean, it's cannabis education and that's what people want. So yeah. we sort of provided it to them and it's free, so people are taking it. So Sean, I'll ask you, since you're an Airdrie guy, and this, we're talking Airdrie here, um, what kind of businesses tend to take the paper? What kind of businesses do you try to approach? Um, it's been surprising how many businesses are uh, extremely happy to host the paper. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're out, out and about on a daily basis, you know, if you're getting your hair cut, it's probably at your barber. Um, your girlfriend or wife, if she's getting her nails done, the paper's probably there. Yeah, um, yeah. If you go to some local pubs, um, if you go just about any business, um, everybody's been super receptive. And uh, basically anywhere with a waiting room or some room beside their cash register, uh, I've got the paper there. So um, businesses have been very receptive. Do you have businesses ever or any types that say no, generally speaking? Like, do you get them into dental offices or doctor's offices? Probably not, hey? Oh, yeah. We're, we're everywhere. It, it's, oh, really? Like he said, it's surprising the, the types of businesses that are saying yes to this. And it goes back to the fact that people want, they're, they're talking about it and yeah. they know that they don't know much about it. Yeah. So businesses see an opportunity where, well, it's legal now. We can 
carry the paper and our customers will enjoy it. I think deep down inside, Canadians are open to cannabis, generally speaking. I think because of prohibition, there's always been that stigma. But I think a lot of Canadians have been around it for years and have friends and family who have been around it. So, uh, you know, obviously legalization is not perfect and we can get into that. (laughs) But uh, when you walk into a place now, I think very quickly people are becoming more receptive to the idea of cannabis in daily life. Yeah, I agree. And Sean and I were both surprised at the the reception that we've had from Calgary and Airdrie. I mean, you know, there's this myth that, you know, British Columbia is the cannabis culture of Canada. I disagree. I mean, Airdrie and Calgary have really proven otherwise Uh uh, in the first few months of this publication. Well, Alberta's definitely come out of the gates faster than BC (laughs) in terms of stores. And even Airdrie has a public uh, cannabis consumption area, although it sucks. Have you checked it out, Sean? Yeah, is it down uh, down south? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of on the way to Sierra Springs area. Uh, it's kind of in the middle of a field with a bit of a, a dirty pond, I guess you'd say. It's like a, <laughs> Not it's too a, impressive. At least it's a starting point. I went first day legalization. I went down to a picture of the sign, and I, I know, on Facebook I even made a little a little group. You know, like let's go to let's go to the legal area and, and consume. And it was just yeah, it was, wasn't very impressive. But it's a start. I don't think Calgary has a spot. Right, definitely yeah. a start. Yeah. It's a start. At least they made an attempt to come up with something for us. Um, how did you guys get involved with this? Like, what's your what's your background, and how did you find yourself working with the Potleaf News team? Um, I was a sales rep, a wholesale sales rep for two gray market companies uh, in 2018, uh, CBD right. Therapeutics and Vancouver Island Cannabis Extracts. Mm-hmm. And I was the top rep uh, for both companies. And at the end, when uh, legalization hit. Businesses closed, yeah. and uh, the owner of both of those companies, James, uh, was talking about Potleaf News and uh, being his number one guy. Evolution. It made sense to bring yeah. me on board. Uh, he offered me a percentage of the company to help start it up, and uh, here we are today. I now own two franchises uh, with Sean, and we, we run them uh, weekly. Tell me, who are you targeting with this? Who are you trying to reach? What's your target demo? So I guess at this point, our target demo is absolutely everybody. And and that includes everybody, all ages. I mean, this is not a drug. It's a plant. Um, it's it, it's not harmful. It's helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, the same people who are afraid uh, to say the word cannabis in front of their children have no problem sitting in a restaurant and having the waitress say, what alcohol would Smoke you like? back wine. Yeah. yeah so yeah. so there there's still a bit of a stigma there that needs to be erased. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to take time. I, I feel like once everybody sees the first CBD-infused can of Coca-Cola on TV... That is going to be the turning point, and it'll be normal, and everyone will be okay with it all of a sudden. But until that happens, for now, it's just fighting the stigma. I mean, you know, for instance, we're, it's not legal. It is not legal in Canada. Uh, small amounts have been decriminalized, so I can drive around with a trunk full of beer in my car. Yeah. But if I have more than a small bag of cannabis, meaning 28 grams or less, yeah. I go to prison. So cannabis isn't legal. We've been lied to. We're lying to the world, and, and they're about to push more legislation on edibles and I'm stressing that everybody says, well, hold on, let's take a step back and actually make the plant legal. Let's not have any any conditions whatsoever. It's a plant. Why are we regulating a plant? Like, since when do we have the right to legalize or make Mother Nature illegal? Yeah. It, the whole thing is ridiculous. It's It needs to end. We just need to have full access to a medicating plant yeah. and not have all these ridiculous restrictions around it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I agree with you in 
in theory. Uh, I think sometimes it's a bit of a glass half full, half empty scenario. Um, I, I'm grateful that we live in Canada mm-hmm. and that uh, cannabis is accessible to us now and you don't have to fear persecution and, yes. and stigma is going away to a large extent, not for everyone, but um, I, I hear what you're saying and I agree with what you're saying, but I feel like sometimes, I mean, with alcohol, um, a lot of the rules that are in place are to protect the general public from the occasional person who screws up or overconsumes. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my guess is, and I, you know, I, I guess I have to support the fact that we took this step, no matter what. Yeah, you can say what sure. you want about it. 100%. I'm grateful that we did it. And on October 17th, I was like, woohoo. Yeah, me too. Um, but I feel like maybe the mature thing, the responsible thing to do is to start off a little bit slower and then start to loosen up. Although that being said, I'm not sure that it's going to happen. I think it's too little too late for that. I think moving forward, we just need to make sure that everybody is covered off, that nobody is at risk of anything, and that we're being educated. The biggest thing here is education. I mean, we've literally gone through generations of miseducation, and it's time to change that. So, um, you know, there's going to be fears. There's going to be people that are afraid of this change, for sure. But it's because of the way we've been taught you know, for so long, this plant was going to kill you. But mm-hmm. now the same people are saying, no, it's okay as long as you pay taxes on it. Yeah. I it, find that part interesting. You know what? It's all about corporations. It yeah. really is. At the end of the day, it's money and corporations. And uh, it's a little unnerving to see a few big companies start to make a whole bunch of money or, or put themselves in a position to do that when, you know, you have a lot of activists who have been involved in the scene for years a lot of or a lot of intelligent but casual cannabis users who are just like out in the rain like there's no yeah, way you can ever catch up out. with it right? right being shut out right. everyone sees it everyone knows it yeah. at the same time um i'm able to go into a store i popped into one today over in sunridge area right. and uh buy cannabis you know yeah. that blows my mind and you know mm-hmm. my grandparents generation from the time they were born to the time they died cannabis was prohibited right can you imagine that yeah. at the same time we had prohibition slapped in our face for so long that when they finally, quote-unquote, legalized it or Prohibition 2.0, we're excited about it. Yeah. Like, it's a big yeah. deal, but then you're like, well, wait a minute, there's still tons of rules, right? right. It's an ongoing conversation. I think it's not going to die. So Airdrie has, uh, I think, four licenses now finally issued, and uh, the first one's uh, due to open uh, probably any day now, Strain Lane down Main Street. Mm, right. Yeah, I've seen a lot of signage for a long time, but uh, yeah. it's been a slow process, absolutely. And there is a Nova Cannabis up near Nutter's, up uh, north on Main Street. Sorry, we're, we're going on about Airdrie directions here, but uh, it's neat to see anyway. Yeah. Watching the evolution of this is incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's not perfect, but it's nice no, to watch. No, for sure. But I mean, none of us, uh, we all dreamed it would happen in our lifetime, but none of us actually believed it. So, yeah. you know, as much as I, you know, came on pretty strong about the, the fact that it's actually not legal, yeah. technically, uh, I am quite excited about it, obviously. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's been my life. And it's presented huge opportunity for us with with the Potleaf News, actually. So yeah, um, we are grateful for sure. But there's there's a long way to go. Um, I think the politics, the topic of politics and cannabis in Canada, will probably never go away. You know. Well, and and on that note, getting back to your original question, we we're trying to stay away from the politics of the industry. Yeah. Our paper is about information and education. Um, you know, giving people some some facts. You know, just little snippets of information that people can 
can read, remember, and regurgitate in their next social setting. And yeah, yeah. you know, when you give somebody the information that that impresses their friends, they're going to come back to your paper for more. Yeah. And you know, it's it's not a secret, but it, it's nice to know that you know we're actually helping people uh, through our information in more ways than one. I want to talk to you about your advertisers. How do you find them, and how do you find getting advertisers for a paper like this? Uh, so at the beginning, we um, did a lot of soliciting. Um, you know, the the Calgary paper has over 150 stores uh, carrying the paper every week, so it's a numbers game. Um, you know, once a business owner realizes that this paper is being read everywhere, yeah. uh, it only makes sense to want to place an ad in it. At the beginning, we did a lot of soliciting, um, but once we got you know over 100 host sites uh, carrying our paper people started calling us so you know we're we're not sitting back and waiting for the phone to ring but it's definitely ringing you reach that tipping point yeah exactly which is nice outside of the the paper being available in stores around um, how do you guys market yourselves do you guys have an online presence Oh yeah, potleafnews.com. Uh, we're online. We've got a great website. Uh, our our webmaster actually has been uh, hard at work for months. Uh, it's constantly evolving, and uh, we're trying to improve it every day. Um, but it's very user friendly, and we're yeah. trying to we're getting to a point where it'll be fully interactive. What's the toughest part of doing something like this? Uh, at the beginning, the toughest part is making people believe. You know, uh, one thing that we we heard a lot is. You know, you're starting a, a print publication. You know, print is dead. Well, mm. you know, print's absolutely not dead. Mm. Um, when people see something that's interesting to read, they will put their phone away and they will read it. Mm. And it, it's proven. I mean, you touched on the Coffee Herald or the Coffee Times earlier. Yeah, yeah. They've been around forever. Yeah. And, and still around. Exactly. And they're in the top 10 um, best franchise businesses of all time to invest in. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's an absolutely unbelievable business model. And it's not going away. And it's not going away because people are more than happy to put their phone down if they find something interesting. Yeah. That's the key. It can't just be anything. It needs to be interesting. And Potleaf News is definitely fitting that bill. I think to add to what you said too, I think that uh, free uh, is also the name of the game, right? Because yeah. you can just pick this up and walk home with it. Like, done sure. deal. Oh, hang on. You're showing me a slogan here. What does it yeah. say? Don't even worry about it. Just take us home. Yeah. There you, go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. We we didn't have that in the first few issues. Uh, and we found that we a lot of them were definitely read and some of the, the crosswords were filled out, but they were back in the stands. So we found felt like maybe people were thinking, you know, I'm not sure if I can take this. So yeah. we added that, and immediately the first week we added that, you know, 90% of the papers were gone. Well, there's a free bubble there too. Yeah. Um, what's your policy on consuming cannabis at work? That's a really good question. Um, I would say Potleaf News in general has no policy. I think it's up to the individual corporation. It's up to the business owner. I, I don't think it should be handled any, any differently than consuming alcohol or other drugs at work, though, yeah. um, when it comes down to it. But uh, as far as Potleaf News is concerned, I, I don't think we have a stance there. I mean, we're about responsible consumption, yeah. end of story. You know what? I think at the end of the day, no matter what you do, it comes down to results, right? Yeah. If you're if right. you're huffing on a bong all day long and you're not getting distribution out, right. you're going to lose your franchise, period. Exactly. And that goes for any business. What's the most common question that people ask you guys? Uh, where do you get your cannabis? <laughs> where do you get it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and what's your answer? <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to pick and choose. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the dispensaries are are all providing 
the product to, yeah. the, to the public. So I usually give a different answer, a different dispensary every time I'm asked the question. That's a good answer. Yeah. Um, as guys who are probably more knowledgeable than most people about cannabis, are you finding that the, the types of cannabis available in dispensaries is satisfying? And, and this is maybe a two-pronged question. One is price, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume you're going to say, no, prices suck. Um, but what about the quality? Let's say that the prices were the exact same as the street. Are you finding stuff in stores is as good as the stuff you get in the gray or the legacy market? No. Still? No. Uh-huh. Well, if you pay the money, for sure, but I mean, not all of us are drinking 40-year-old scotch and can afford <laughs> to go and buy a $40 gram of weed. <laughs> well, you know, I've talked to lots of people in the industry. Uh, you know, I don't know who's going to succeed and who's going to fail in the long term. But early on, I would say like a year or more ago, it seemed like everybody was going on and on and on about the high-end customer. You know, we're going to have high-end store with high-end products only mm. for the sophisticated cannabis smoker. And I heard that so much. At first, I was like, wow, that's a really good idea. The Apple Store of Cannabis or whatever. <laughs> Right. And now I'm like, give me a freaking break. Like, not everybody wants to spend $50 on an eighth of weed. Right. I feel like the way the system is set up, that that niche business you're talking about, it exists and it absolutely will thrive. It'll just be, you know, 10% of the population that is shopping there, but that's a a significant number still. Well, I think stores' inventories, um, it'll be widespread. You'll have your more inexpensive cannabis, and then you'll have your 40-year-old scotch cannabis. Um, But I don't think that, you know, a store, a local store, can sustain themselves selling only super expensive weed all the time. Oh, they can't? No. I mean, the the problem here is, I I feel like the, the quality will get better but right now it's just about supply you know people need supply so they're we're able to purchase whatever's available and as the craft growers start to increase their productivity and their yields that'll change and we'll eventually start to see higher quality cannabis for a lower price at the dispensaries for now i mean yeah you can still get some great cannabis at the dispensaries it's just there's a supply and demand issue still Mm -hmm. and until that's solved quality can be an issue i mean five dollars for a gram of weed is a great deal yeah but don't expect to have an unbelievable night from your $5 gram of weed. I mean, it's a $5 gram of weed. You got any thoughts on that, Sean? We were having an interesting conversation before we got here. How about two restaurants we had gone to? Yeah. And uh, the food was exactly the same, but one place had the lights dimmed down. It had candles in strategic places. And yeah. the music was, I know it fit the mood of the theme. And then another place had the exact same food, but it just looked a little more rustic. And But the, the food in the first place I was talking about was yeah. three times more money. Yeah. So with this, the, maybe it's a game of perception too. Um, you walk into a nice new cannabis store and it's marketed as, as such. But maybe, who knows, maybe the strains they're, they're presenting, maybe not a $100 plate of food. You know, maybe it's a came out of the microwave. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's often the case. Right? Olive Garden all he uses a microwave. So I, I have a lot to learn with, 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 with that, I guess. There's going to be a lot of great stores, I bet. And it's too early of a trial period. Yeah. Well, I mean, a good weed at a good price is probably priority number one. But uh, after that, I think it comes down to just people being knowledgeable and cool and, uh, you know, being inclusive. You want to go in there because you want to support the guy because mm-hmm. he's local and he's, he's right. awesome and he really wants you to have a good product, you know, cares about your experience. And I think that's a big part of it too. Cause, um, you know, if you go in right now to three different cannabis stores, um, the likelihood of seeing the exact same products is very, very high. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, everyone has your Aurora and your Tweed yeah. and your, like, the list goes on and on and on. And it's all the same strains and the same amounts and the prices are within a dollar or so of each other. Yeah. And, and I think that, that being good with your customers uh, is going to 
definitely win people over in the long run as well. Right. We have four options in Airdrie. You know, Airdrie has a population of 65,000 people. But you know, if I want to purchase something in Airdrie, I know that I can go to any of the four and pretty much get the exact same thing. So it's I'll probably end up going and supporting service. a friend. Right. That's and, and who's going to be your friend? Probably the one who appeals to you the most, the one yeah. who takes the time and gets to know you. Yeah. you know, business Customer models. service and quality of character is what it's going to come down to when everybody's selling the same thing. Absolutely. And that's kind of ironic. But I mean, people who are selling gray market cannabis right now, I know a few people in Airdrie, definitely there's an argument for quality being probably mm-hmm. better. They have edibles already there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They have all these things you can't buy in the legal market. And I've heard uh, that the products are all very good. Mm-hmm. You know, That's right. so it's an interesting conundrum, and I, and I like to see how it plays out. Well, and edibles are so unbelievably easy for people to make at home. It's not, it's not rocket science. It's simple, and all you have to do is do a, an internet search. Yeah, I mean, there's healthy ways to make edibles. You don't need to use cornstarch. You don't need to use garbage ingredients. How do you guys know. feel about gel caps? I feel like if I'm making the gel caps myself, I like them. Otherwise, I have no clue what that person put in them. And that's how I feel about all edibles. That's how I feel about everything except for the actual cannabis bud, the flower. Okay. At that point, I'll squish it and I'll smoke my own rosin for sure. But I'm not into anything that's been prepared by someone else because I understand that humans are creatures of opportunity. And if there's a profit to be made, who cares as long as my family gets the good stuff. With that being said, whose product would you trust more? Somebody who at least is under the uh, alleged watchful eye of Health Canada or somebody who is doing it you know, in their own facility and nobody's watching? Who is going to make the profit and who's going to deliver a safer product? And I don't know, I'm just asking. This is purely my personal opinion, yeah. but the person that's making it out of their home is probably making it because they care about people. So mm. um, that's definitely the person that I'll say hands down every time. Okay. And and it's it's not an exact science. And what I mean by that is 25% of them could be shysters. My yeah. point is that it's, it's the small people that are trying to do it for themselves and the people around them. They're the people that care. Yeah. I mean, you know, the guys who are incorporating and talking a big game and have press releases, I mean, <laughs> there's a dime a dozen. Yeah. So my point there is, you know, figure out who you trust. But at the end of the day, if you want to generalize it, and the question was pretty generalized, yeah, yeah I trust the person making it in their basement 100 times before I trust the guy working in a laboratory or in a, a, a commercial facility that's licensed. Mm. My thought on um, making edibles, and in fact growing weed uh i'm busy i have kids and for me like i read online all the time people like grow your four plants make sure you grow them you know you have a responsibility and i and i get that but i don't have time nor the patience nor the know-how and for me it's just easier to go down and buy gel caps or when edibles are available just go buy edibles so so yes and no i mean yeah it, it it seems easier but there's many great systems out there. Um, there's a guy, budbox.ca. Mm-hmm. His products are literally four pl- grow your four plants yeah. in a box in your living room. It looks like a giant old stereo that your grandparents used to have in their living room. You put your TV on top of it. It's locked. It's humidity controlled. It's odor controlled. It's temperature controlled. He has a 119-page manual, and the first 40 pages are the meat and potatoes of what you need to grow your cannabis from start to finish. The rest of it is all add-ons and extras, and a big part of that is how to turn your leaf and your so-called waste and your shake once you're done trimming all your buds, how to turn that into quality edibles. And he's got recipes and all the systems set up in this. So 
right now it seems like it's difficult and there's a big barrier to entry for anybody who doesn't isn't a master rower but that's not the case at all i mean budbox.ca i can't stress this guy enough go to his website he's got it all figured out and he's got it figured out for the person that all you need to do is be able to read english if you can read english (laughs) i'm not kidding you can grow four plants in your living room in a locked very secure environment yeah and you will grow four unbelievably amazing plants. I mean, it's it's very simple. Cannabis is called weed because it grows like a weed. Yeah, of course. If you do a few extra things, you'll get amazing cannabis. If you do nothing, you'll get cannabis. So shout out to Bud Box. And he's actually one yeah. of your uh, advertisers on your paper, right? He is, yeah. He, he's a master grower. He's got 50 years of growing experience. So far, nobody that I've sent to him has come back and said he didn't know the answer. And I've sent some pretty experienced growers his way. All right. So if somebody wants to get involved, uh, with Potleaf News, maybe mm-hmm. perhaps find out about franchises that are available. Maybe the yeah. one in my town. How do they reach out to you guys? Uh, Airdrie at potleafnews.com. If they send an email into there, uh, that'll get to us and we will respond right away. Um, you know, the, the, the franchise is ready to go. It's not going to be something where somebody buys it and they wonder what to do next. I mean, we've done all the legwork. It's 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 set up. It's just a matter of talking to the business owners in your community. Oh, I can attest I've seen them around town, so I know you guys have done your legwork, mm-hmm. your distribution already. Um, How do advertisers find out about you? Because that's a big thing. You know, as I kind of alluded to earlier, the advertisers seem to be finding our newspaper throughout the community and then tracking us down through the contact info on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Aside from that, we've had several calls just from the ads that we've placed online looking for franchisees. We've had advertisers uh, call and inquire about ad rates just because they saw that we were advertising the sale of franchises. Cool. Any final thoughts? Bestow some wisdom upon me. Well, I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, everybody's got strong opinions. These opinions are formulated in the subconscious mind through the way we've been raised, through entertainment and education. It's up to you to take a situation, process it in your mind, and figure out what you think is right. At the end of the day, nobody has ever died from cannabis consumption. You can't. I mean, it's a helpful plant. You know, people die every day from alcohol and tobacco-related diseases and illnesses. Mm -hmm. This is a healing plant. We've all been lied to blatantly for a century almost. And the time is now, and it's nice to see people waking up. At the end of the day, there's a lot of fake news out there. Trust in the plant and trust in your own mind. You can figure things out for yourself. You don't you don't need to listen to everybody around you. Mm-hmm. You went through the same education system that they went through. So unless one of you does some extra research, you're all going to have the same answer for everything. So in conclusion, I believe that cannabis was kept from us for all of these reasons, that it is a life-giving and healing plant. I don't know what the motive behind that was, and I don't care. The bottom line is it's legal now. It's it's semi-legal now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a good start, and it's a blessing to everybody that needs it. I mean, there are people that have been stuck in the same situation for years, and cannabis is helping them now. I got an answer for you, by the way. I can a couple of words: uh, greed, uh, repression, uh, racism. Is a bunch of reasons why it was. Yeah. Actually, it was a very racist campaign. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm a little disappointed in my grandparents and my great grandparents. Well, you know, I think that uh, especially in those times when communication wasn't the same, governments spoke and communicated. You kind of listened because you didn't really have a lot of information. Absolutely. Right? 
That's unfortunate. So, Potleaf News, you can find it all over the place if you're in Calgary or Airdrie. Uh, 150 locations in Calgary in the neighborhood of 100 in Airdrie and all over Canada. It's actually worth the read. If you're uh, sitting somewhere, pick it up and give it a read and give it to your friends. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Thanks again to Russell and Sean for taking the time to talk to me about the Potleaf News. To reach out, try them on Twitter at Potleaf News. Pretty easy. And hey, if you like what I do, please tell your friends about the podcast and leave me a review on your favorite streaming app. And if you have a story about the cannabis space, I'd love to hear it. Hit me up on Twitter as well. Can update pod. That's at C-A-N-N update P-O-D. Thanks again. And the next interview drops soon. So stay tuned. The media contributors within the Cannabis Media Collective do our very best to remain as accurate as possible, but take no responsibility for any inaccurate details or facts. If a story interests you, we're glad to have brought it to your attention, but please take the time to research the details for yourself. 